Welcome back to the Get Lifting Podcast. My name is Graham and I will be sharing with you the next five things that you need to lose weight this year. Last week we covered mindset, calorie and energy balance, food, exercise and sleep. And this week we will get on to point number six to ten. And without any further ado, let's get moving on to point number six, which is hydration, which is possibly one of the most simple points of this two-part series. Our bodies are made up of around 60% water, so it's probably a pretty good idea to um, keep yourself hydrated throughout the day. But when it comes to weight loss, the biggest thing I see is people confusing thirst for hunger. A 2% drop in hydration levels can reduce uh, your cognitive function. And so if we're feeling fatigued, feeling tired mentally and physically due to dehydration, our body can mistake that for a cue to eat, uh, a cue to try and source energy from food or drink. And so if we are dehydrated a lot of the time, we are probably going to end up eating more calories than if we were fully hydrated. And this thirst-induced hunger is quite common amongst the, a lot of the people that I tend to work with in offices. Um, and the only statistic I could really find online was by the RNLI. Uh, that said around 89% of the adult population are not drinking enough water. So that's 89% of adults that are potentially increasing their calories due to just being thirsty. So in understanding the potential impact that thirst and dehydration has on weight loss, um, what are some practical takeaways to uh, increase your hydration? So hydration can come from our... The food that we eat, so fruits and vegetables are quite um, good food sources of water, um, but the main bulk is going to be from drinking stuff, and that can come from pretty much anything. So teas, coffees, obviously water, um, even zero-calorie drinks. Um, the only thing that I wouldn't count there is alcohol, um, and some people still think that coffee is a diuretic. Um, don't worry, the dehydrating effect of it is for the most part just a bit of a myth and in terms of the stuff that I would recommend to my clients in order to increase hydration would be to keep a water bottle on them at all times uh, so if they're at their desk keep a bottle right next to them um, uh, set reminders on your phones if it is that much of a problem then make sure you're reminding yourself to drink because it's not a conscious action for you so set reminders on your laptop, your work computer, your phone that will ping off every sort of maybe hour, every two hours to make sure you're drinking enough. You can also set little goals for yourself. So if you have a 500 milliliter water bottle, you could set the goal of drinking four and every time you drink one, you mark it down and your goal for the day is to get four ticks on a sheet or in your notes on your phone. Point number seven is protein. And so protein is very important for people that are 
looking to maintain and build muscle mass and also changed the way their body look and their body composition. Protein is a macronutrient alongside uh, carbohydrates and fats, which you may have heard before. Um, but protein itself is high satiety. So that means that when eating protein, you feel fuller for longer in between meals. Which, if you're creating a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, you're going to want to feel fuller across the, the gaps in between your main meals. That will lead to less snacking. It will also lead to just less calorie intake throughout the day, which is obviously your goal when looking to create that negative energy balance. My second point on protein is the thermic effect of protein. So if you remember in the creating a energy deficit part, point number two, you'll remember that the thermic effect of food makes up part of your daily calorie expenditure. And whilst this isn't gonna be life-changing for you, it is important to know so protein, when consuming protein, we burn around 30% of the calories we ingest in just trying to process it. So for example, if you have uh, 100 calories of protein, so that'd be around 25 grams, um, you would actually burn 30 calories just to process the 100 calories of protein that you have had. And just as a reference, carbohydrates is around 6 to 8% and fats uh, are around two to three percent. So with carbohydrates, that would be six to eight calories with 100 calories ingestion, and two to three calories for fats. As I mentioned at the start, protein is a big factor in trying to maintain and build lean muscle mass. And so that is gonna be really important if you are resistance training, um, which I definitely recommend you are doing. Um, and your resistance training alongside a good amount of protein intake is gonna to help to create that for, for women. They talk about the toned body ideal, which that is gonna to help to do. And for men, that's gonna help you to build that lean muscle mass that you, you're gonna want when you're by the pool in summer. In terms of goals, protein goals, you're gonna to look to get around 1.4 to around two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So if you're 70 kilos, you're going to look to hit around 98 to 140 grams of protein every single day. And it doesn't matter too much what the source of protein is. Um, and it doesn't matter how much you have per meal. There is a bit of a myth that says you have to have a maximum of 20 grams of protein per meal. Um, but it's not correct. So you can have 30 grams, 35 grams per meal but it is easier to spread it out throughout the day. Um, so if you're having four meals a day, that might be around 25 grams of protein, 20 to 25 grams of protein. If you're only having three meals, that is obviously gonna look to be around 35 to 40 grams of protein per meal. And then snacks in between if that's how you set up your food plan. If you're somebody that eats meat, that's probably gonna be pretty easy for you alongside other animal products such as dairy and eggs. If you're vegetarian, that is going to be a fraction harder. Um, obviously, if you're pescatarian, you still have fish. If you're vegetarian, you can still utilize um, low-fat cheeses, uh, eggs, yogurts, uh, low-fat Greek yogurts. And then if you're vegan, you may look to use a vegan protein supplement. 
And then you also have things like tofu, edamame beans, baked beans, lentils, legumes, etc, etc. And whilst it's tougher to get your protein intake in that way, you're going to have to get it from a lot of sources, it still can be done. Moving on to point number eight, and we've spoken a lot about goals, mini goals, uh, so far in this podcast. Um, and so point number eight is the actual act of setting goals and being accountable. So this is going to be massive in achieving what you want to do when it comes to your body. In order to achieve something, you need to set out a goal. And something that can help you achieve that goal is to be accountable, whether that's to yourself, to a personal trainer, to your friends and family. Being accountable is going to help keep you on track when you want to go off track. And the first thing to do when setting goals is to make sure they're smart. And so you're making sure that they're specific, they are measurable, they're achievable, relevant and time bound. There isn't much use in setting a goal if it doesn't tick off all of these boxes. If you set a goal and it has no time limit, then you are not going to know what you need to do today, tomorrow and across the next week in order to achieve it three months down the line. Similarly, if your goal is just simply to lose weight, then you might get two pounds down, three pounds down on the scale and then be like, I've lost weight, I've achieved my goal and then just go back to the way you were. Whereas actually your goal is to fit into that dress that you used to be able to two years ago, which requires a greater weight loss or a big amount of body recompositioning. You also need to know how you're going to measure keeping on track with your goals, whether or not they're achievable. So are they within the realms of reality and are they relevant? So if your goal is to lose weight, a relevant goal would be to weight train three times a week it would be to hit a 1600 calorie food intake goal every single day it wouldn't be to try and go to the cinema every month and so we need to make sure that our goals are ticking all of those individual boxes of the SMART acronym the second point on setting goals and being accountable is to create some form of social accountability. And so I like to um, tell friends and family or even put it on social media, the goals that I'm looking to achieve because if I don't achieve them after doing that, I look a little bit silly and the idea of embarrassment is enough to help me stay in line with what I want to achieve when I don't possibly wanna do the things that need to be done in order to achieve that if that makes sense. Um, and another way you can do it is uh, having a training partner or, or a weight loss partner. And so when it comes to going to the gym, you're not just letting yourself down, you're letting another person down. And that can be quite powerful. Um, another form of that is um, to hire someone to help you achieve what you want to achieve. So you might hire a trainer, you might hire a nutritionist, you might hire somebody else that is going to... A, provide you that social accountability. Um, if you don't do X, you are potentially letting someone else down, but you're also paying for it. So you're increasing your investment into achieving your goals. And so it just increases the stake and uh, reduces the room for failure. You're far less likely to skip a training session if you paid some money for it already. Moving on to my next point about accountability. Um, and it's very important to track things. So 
just write shit down. Uh, whether that's the calories you have every day uh, through MyFitnessPal, whether it's the workouts you're doing, the habits that you're trying to change, etc., etc., You need to be making a note of everything you're doing and collecting as much data as you can in order to see what needs to be done in the future to move you along to where you want to be. And so if you're not tracking your workouts, how do you know that you're lifting heavier than last week in order to progress and build muscle? If you aren't tracking your calories, how do you know how much food you need to eat in order to lose weight or maintain weight or even gain weight if that is your goal? Um, And so all of these things are important data collection tools um, and just good things to have in order to influence your actions further down the line. And then my last point, it's just going back to the goal stuff, um, would be to set yourself short, medium and long term goals. And the the aim with that is to have your long term goal, uh, let's say, fit into a size 10 um, and then have a medium goal that helps to feed into that long-term goal so that might be your weight loss goal that might be get down to 70 kilos I don't know and then the shorter term goals would be the more habit-based stuff that help to feed into that medium and then long-term goal so it might be training three times a week it might be um, hitting 1600 calories per day it might be hitting 12,000 steps per day um, And so those little goals are going to feed into your medium-term goal, which are then long-term going to fit into your your big goal. Um, And then what do you do when you've hit that? What do you do when you've reached your long-term goal? Um, That can be when sometimes people end up yo-yo dieting. So for things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers, once you hit your goal weight, what do you do after that? Like your entire six months worth of effort has been achieved so what do you do and so it's important to reset your goals so if you've hit your weight loss goal what do you want to do you might then start to focus on performance in the gym you might want to deadlift your own body weight you might want to deadlift double your body weight um you might want to book on an obstacle course run or do a 10k or um it could be anything and so once you've hit your long-term goal Um, It's important to keep reassessing and then setting new goals for yourself as without it, we can seem and feel pretty directionless. And when we feel like that, we tend to not do very well. So it's important to keep on top of your goals, um, change them. um, And once you've hit them, let's refocus, let's set some new goals and start working towards them as soon as possible. We're coming to the end of the podcast now. And so the penultimate point is just to be consistent. Um, The biggest thing I see with um, weight loss is people not spending enough time on it uh, and doing the things they need to do to achieve it. You didn't become overweight or in the shape you are now in a space of two weeks. It's happened over weeks, months and years to get you to where you are now. So Why would we be able to lose that weight in a space of seven days or 10 days or two weeks? Um, It's just not really feasible. And the things you'd have to do to do that are way too drastic and not sustainable. And so the biggest thing with consistency is trying to move away from the motivation mindset. Motivation can come and go. um, And it's trying to build the determination to achieve what you want to achieve rather than just be motivated all the time. When it's the middle of February and it's 
two degrees outside and it's still dark at 7am, you're probably not going to be very motivated to get up and go to the gym or go and prepare your breakfast or go out for a walk. Um, but if you're determined to achieve your goals, you're more likely to do the stuff you need to do to achieve them. Another thing that I often see is people trying to be perfect. So if things aren't perfect, then things are terrible. And if things aren't on, they're off. And if things aren't black, they're white. Um, And operating on those two drastic ends of the spectrum leaves a lot of space um, in between where good things actually happen. And so it's far better to be good consistently than being perfect just 2% of the time. And a great example of this is the January rush. So what's better for you? Is it better to train five times a week for two weeks, get bored and then leave the gym or get injured? Or is it better to train twice a week, maybe three times a week for a period of 10 weeks, easing yourself in, building the the habits that are required to train two, three, four times a week slowly and with uh, progression rather than just throwing five times a week at yourself? And so some of that comes back to what people feel they need to do in order to lose weight. And so they feel that two weeks is a long enough period if they train five times a week and create a a thousand calorie a day deficit um, to see results. But they they might see results. They might be lucky and see results, but they're going to see results just for that short frame of time because it isn't sustainable. And so they just after doing that, head back to the habits that they had previously and they don't actually change anything long term. And for me, the biggest reason people fail is the fact that they don't stick with something for long enough and they stick with it for as long as they think it will take to reap rewards. Um, And because of diet culture, um, the things you see in magazines, seven day weight loss, 10 day weight loss, um, people have skewed conceptions of just what it takes to lose weight long term. On the other end of the consistency spectrum, if you don't use it, you lose it. So when it comes to muscle and muscle building, if you're not stressing your muscles frequently enough, your body is going to essentially sacrifice that muscle because it doesn't need it. Uh, Whereas if you're using it consistently and using it well through resistance training, your body is going to maintain that muscle and potentially build new muscle in order to cope with the demands you're placing on it. And moving on to the last point, point number 10, we have plan ahead. And so for a lot of people, trying to lose weight is about moving away from some of the unconscious and subconscious um, things that we do day to day and making it all very conscious, making it a thought driven action that is going to move us away from where we currently are to a place where we want to be. And so planning ahead is a big part of that. So If your goal is to lose weight, you're going to want to plan your weeks um, in order to identify the times and days where you can train, when you're going to eat, maybe when you're going to prepare food, and when you're going to do the things that need to be done um, to achieve your goals. Approaching your week in this way makes it far easier to plan social situations, helping you to maintain a calorie deficit even when eating out and when enjoying social situations or eating on the go, going from office to office, meeting to meeting. If you know where you're going to be, you know where you can eat and you can plan ahead for those things. And once you've written this stuff down and you've made a plan, 
it almost acts as a mini form of self-accountability. So you've written it down and therefore it's more likely to become reality. So rather than waste your time writing this stuff down, you're more likely to action it because you have taken the time to write it down. And then you just need to make it visible. So you need to stick that plan of action, that list of things to do on the fridge, um, in your bedroom, on a whiteboard, in the lounge or wherever it may be. You just need to surround yourself with those things um, because those things tie into your goal. You're not going to achieve a calorie deficit if you don't know how you're going to achieve that calorie deficit. Um, and the planning stage of that is massively important. Knowing where you're going to source your food from. Is it going to be a Tesco meal deal? Do you know what Tesco meal deal you're going to get on a specific day? Or are you going to food prep? Are you going to set aside an hour or two on a Sunday in order to prepare your meals for the week? or prepare your meals from Monday to Wednesday and then eat on the go Thursday and Friday? Or are you gonna prepare the week's worth of food on Sunday, um, refrigerate half of them, freeze the, the second half of them, and then Thursday and Friday, you can just grab and go from the freezer as and when required. These are all things you need to know and work through and understand in order to help yourself create an environment in which it is easy and sustainable to lose weight consistently and that will ensure that rather than a six-week diet or a three-week diet you are doing um, more of the things that need to be done long term to get and stay in shape long term and that's the reason for this podcast at the end of the day I wanted to give you guys 10 points that are going to help you to lose weight long term and not just by the end of January because that's pointless not just for summer because whilst you're going to feel really good on the beach or by the pool when you get back to normality in august september october you're going to be in the same situation in october this time next year um but with some of this stuff you are going to be able to implement it and make it long term for yourself which is what i want to do with all of my clients i want them to be able to stop working with me at any given time and be able to replicate the stuff we've done over and over to lose weight over a longer period of time um, and not just lose weight but stay in shape stay confident stay comfortable in their skin and that is pretty much it so this is podcast one of the get lifting podcast if you have any questions or any topics you would like me to cover then please just leave a review or dm me uh, on instagram at get underscore lifting And that's probably the best place to find me Um, and a lot of the stuff that I've talked about in this podcast, you'll find that in infographics and other posts. And in the meantime, have a good week and I will see you on the next Get Lifting podcast.